Once again, we'll look to the Lord for His anointing to teach us. Because it is the anointing which teaches us all things. It is the anointing which breaks yoke, the yokes over our life. It's the anointing is what we need to see the things God wants us to see from His Word. And therefore this morning, Father, we pray, Father, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we will know You. Even as we study Your Word, I pray, Father, that You should anoint us afresh this morning to hear, to speak, to obey. And that your word will become more clear to us. Let there be clarity, O Lord. Pray, Father, that, Lord, every one of us will will concentrate, O Lord Jesus. Because you said in your word, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I pray, Father, whatever proceeds from your throne, Father, let it impact the lives of your people this morning. And whatever is not of God, let it fall to the ground. Father, we give you complete sovereignty over the world and over our lives this morning. Take charge, Holy Spirit. You are in control, not man. I surrender myself to to your hands, O Lord. Let me be a vessel to proclaim your word. Sanctify me and set me apart and use me to communicate your heart this morning to your people. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, Amen. In keeping with my call, my calling, especially in my, in this church is found in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2. You don't have to turn there. You can just follow, uh, look at my face. I learned one sutram from a, from a man of God. Guru Mukhasya Vidya Labhyate. What is that? Guru Mukhasya Vidya Labhyate. You see my face. Don't see here and there and don't, I mean, if you have the extraordinary talent of closing your eyes and listening, God bless you. Okay, but I, please teach me that talent also. Okay, so, uh, but please look at my face this morning, okay. Second Timothy chapter 2, this is my calling, this is what I, 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 pro, I always uh, endeavor to do. It's found in Second Timothy chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that is in Jesus Christ. And the things that you have heard from me, okay, that is one generation, Paul's generation, okay, things that you have heard from me, teach it to many witnesses. Who should teach? You should teach to many witnesses, okay, commit these to faithful men, okay, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. So every church in order for the vision of God and the purposes of God to be established in a, in a particular church and the vision of God to perpetuate through the spiritual posterity of the church, they have to think about four generations. I don't know why it is that way, because I don't know, is it because uh, in Exodus chapter 20 it says, I'm going to visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the what generation? third and the fourth generation. I don't know if I can make a doctrine out of that, but it seems that Paul is concerned about four generations. Me, the things that you have heard from me, that is Paul's generations were the contemporaries of Paul, uh, spiritual and uh, physical contemporaries of, let's say, Pastor James in our in our case. You, that are my generation, the Samirs and the, and the Raj and uh, all the other guys who have been with us for these years, 
that you have heard, that is the next generation, committed to faithful men, okay, that could be the, the Johans and the Andrews and the John Monohers and the gang and the rest of the gang, inclusive, who will be able to teach others also. That is the vision, should be the vision of every church. And if that is not happening, and the fact, and the fact of the matter is many churches start with fire for a, one generation after that the next generation is, 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 has come which does not know the God of the four, of their fathers, nor the works that they has done in the land of Egypt. And what happens is the spiritual declines, decline begins. And that is, should not be, should not happen. That is my burden, my God. What, that is my burden too. And I, I and I believe, and I pray, you know, there will be people, you know, I, I believe God is, God, God has started this work and He will complete it. That in this congregation, from right, from our own midst will be 318 trained men born in the household of Abraham, armed for battle. Okay. That is what my aim and my, my burden is too. So that is what I, I, I keep doing. You know? So what I've heard from pastor and over the years, 11 years of teaching, I don't try to do my own thing. See, Paul has laid the foundation. Okay, you don't again rebuild the foundation. Okay, there is one person who lays the foundation. That is That work has been given to Paul. You don't start rebuilding the foundation now. Build upon that foundation. That's exactly what I do. I reiterate, I reinforce the things that I have learned over the years through the messages that that, uh, that come from this pulpit and reinforce it, strengthen it. I'm like a tutor, not a... That's, it's a function of a tutor, if you will. So this morning, we'll just continue on the topic that we've been looking at on dry places. And if we'll look at that particular passage from Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 onwards, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places and we... Heard at least three sermons on that, two sermons at least, uh, teachings available online. Please log in and listen. Demons look for dry places, right? Unclean spirit goes out of a man. He goes through dry places seeking rest and finds then none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he, when he comes, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. And then what does he do? Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there, made their habitation. And the last state of that man is worse than the first, so shall it also be with this wicked what? Generation. Every generation right from the beginning was a wicked generation. And our generation more. With all kinds of daridrams available to mess us up. Okay. So, and, and that's exactly, Proverbs chapter 30 will say, there is a generation which is pure in its own eyes and yet not cleansed from its filthiness. It's a generation which does not honor its father and mother and curses father and mother. A generation, we are living in that generation. There's absolutely no respect for authority, no respect for, 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 for parents, for elders. Living in that lawless generation. And we heard that dry places are places where you attract demons, dry churches. And they could be Many dry churches where it's no longer the doctrine of God. It says in Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, he says, the spirit expressly says that in these last days, perilous, perilous times will come. Many will fall away from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Demonic doctrines. 
taking over. And people struggling. Look at what it says. One of the, how, how the book of Revelation describes this dry place. It's the world system, which is absolutely dry, where there's no spirit. And one day when the spirit of the Lord is lifted up, the restrainer is going to be lifted up, and then the lawless one will be revealed. And that is it. It's closed. It's curtains for this age. And it's happening. Right now, in our own time that we are living in, things are going from bad to worse. I do, I'm telling you, I don't want to see news. No, I, I used to watch it once sometime back, but after enough last few months, I don't even want to see the news. It depresses me so much. Look at what it says in Revelation chapter 18. Look at what this is. It says, Revelation chapter 18, and after these things, I saw another angel. This is one verse one onwards. Uh, Reve- uh, another angel coming down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying what? Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and it has become the habitation of what? Devils. It's become a habitation, a dwelling place. Of devils. What? A habitation of devils. A hold or a prison of every foul spirit. And a cage for every unclean bird. Have you seen an animal which is caged? You should go to Nehru Zoological Park. Okay. Go to the place where the cheetahs are. Have you seen the cheetahs? Cheetah thing? Two cheetahs, at least those days when I went for the first time and the cheetahs were imported from Africa. Two cheetahs in a cage. You know what they do? Restless. Have you seen them? Walking to and fro, walking to and fro, walking to and fro. It's a caged animal. You know why it is restless? Because it is not living in its natural habitat. I mean, I also go to and fro, but I'm thinking. So when I'm, if you see me, my, like my, my, my wife keeps on seeing me going to and fro in the house, but I'm thinking like intensely sometimes. I'm almost like Sherlock Holmes, if not Sherlock Holmes. But there are people I've seen, I have seen, who just loiter around, left, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down like a caged animal because they're absolutely caged in their minds. Trapped in their minds. Caged. What has happened? It has become a habitation of devils. That is Babylon. That is the world system. It has become what? A habitation of devils. A hold for every unclean spirit. Means it's a cage for every unclean spirit. And people are caged. They're not able to come out of it. Caged in wrong uh, substance abuse, in relationships. Unable to give them up. Like pastor was telling me in one of the countries that he visits... Children, one generation has been completely taken over by drugs. And on the streets in the night, you'll find them, all young people, high on drugs and just gone like that. Absolutely gone. The next generation gone. Completely taken over by substance abuse. Habitation, a cage, a hold for every foul spirit. People not able to give up. Up Unbelievably intense filth being spit from the pits of hell through internet. How, can you see even one news channel without garbage? Can you? Even news channel is absolutely, sport has become filthy. Everything has been defiled. It has become a habitation of devils, a hold for every false spirit, and a cage for every unclean spirit. That is Babylon. That is the world system. And what does God tell us? 
in Revelation chapter 18, same, continues. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of the fornication. What has happened, the influence of these demons has been shown in the way people enjoy. The kings of the earth commit fornication, pleasure, and the merchants are out of, after what? Treasure. We heard that several times. Pleasure and treasure. Money, success. Sex, success, whatever. That's exactly what is happening. They have waxed rich to the abundance of her delicacies. There is pleasure, by the way. It is, it is, there's pleasure in sin. But for a season. And so what does God tell us? In Revelation chapter 18, it continues. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins. Don't be a partaker of this place. Literally a place which is a habitation of what? Of devils. That is not the natural habitation that you are that you're supposed to be. You are my people. Come out. Be separate. Be a separated. We sang that song, holiness. Holiness is what I long for. You know what holiness actually means? That you've been sanctified and set apart for God and for God's purposes only. You know, that's one of the prayers that we pray for our children in our homes. Lord, let their minds, bodies, souls and spirits be set apart from the things of this world and be unto you. Sanctified. Come out, be separate. Come out, don't be a partaker of her sins and do not receive her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven and God hath remembered her iniquities. That's exactly what God tells about Sodom. Uh, the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah has come. I, I know what, I don't want, I want to go down and see if it is really true. He comes down and he sees and, and what does it, what, what happens? The Lord rained down fire and brimstone from the Lord in heaven. Lord on earth, from the Lord in heaven, he destroyed the whole place. It's a picture of what is going to happen to our world that we are living in. And if you still have dreams and ambitions in this world, Baba, you are in for a big surprise. So what, should, what is our habitation? Ephesians chapter 2. Look at what it says. It is a habitation of devils. Where? Babylon. It's a completely dry place. What is it? The world is a dry place. There is nothing good it can offer. No? Tell me, how many movies you need to see to be to feel satisfied? You will never say that. I'm satisfied today. The more you see, the less satisfied you feel. The law of diminishing returns. Am I right? The more I take substance abuse, I need more dosage of the substance to give me the same pleasure that I used to get when I got it from the, for the first time. Caged. It's a law of diminishing. You know what's, what's happening? It's frying your brain. Dimak bheja fry. It's literally happening that way. Dimak ka kar raha hai, it's, Your mind is getting messed up. You're not able to think straight. <laughs> it's habitation of devils. Come out. Come out. That's the reason why Ephesians chapter 2 will say this. Look at this. What is our habitation, Baba? Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Okay. But fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the word of God or the household of God having been built up on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets such an important thing the apostolic doctrine and the prophetic correction. 
both needed in the church. Apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the what? The chief cornerstone. And the next verse, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom we are being built up together for a habitation of, not devils, of God. Habitation of God. Not a habitation of devils. See, all of us, we need a habitat to survive. I mean, I was looking at, I saw National Geographic some time back. There was some lions, I think, in the South African safari. And another part of Africa, the number of lions were reducing. So what they had, they had a deal between these two national parks. And they said, okay, fine. Because the number of lions is decreasing, what we'll do is, we'll transport some of the lions from the South African safari, from the national park, into some other place. I think Zambia or some, some other place. And you know what happened? When the lions were actually taken away from their natural habitat and into the other habitat, they did not survive. They died. They died. I was, I was seeing the other day one uh, uh, science, science program in YouTube, no? And they, they want to make uh, colonies in Mars. Okay. They want to make what? In Mars? Colonies. And they are doing all kinds of experiments and making all these domes on earth. And they have actually sent five or four guinea pigs, men, human beings, to see how they can survive in that environment. And most of them became crazy, insane. Because it's not a habitat for you to dwell in. Have you seen fish out of water? When the moment it, if it is, it doesn't matter if it is Koramina or any Mina. Once it is out of water, it is gone. It can be a whale, it can be a huge whale, it can be a strong whale, it can be a shark, it can be anything. The moment it is outside of its natural habitat, it is dead. It's gone. See that? It's gone. It cannot survive. So that's the reason why Jude gives a fantastic example, Jude 1 6. The angels, this is the fallen angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own what? Habitation. They were angels. They looked at the sons of God, looked at the daughters of men. This angelic habitation, we don't like it. They wanted to be a part of whatever race they wanted to create. They left their habitation. What He hath reserved everlasting chains under darkness under the judgment of the great day. There's a habitation which was they were supposed to live in and they left that habitation. Now they're being judged. So you and I have a habitation. So the question, today's message, what is your habitation? <laughs> Where do you live? In other words, that's the first command, right? The first time John John looks at Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And two other disciples, that one day he's baptizing and then Jesus is coming from the other side. He says, Behold the Lamb of God. And two disciples leave John and follow Jesus. And Jesus says, What do you seek? Rabbi, where do you live? Come and see. You know, it's very interesting. God always knows your heart. One fellow, one scribe said, Master, I will come wherever you want. Wherever you go, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests. In other words, I can see foxes in your heart, birds of the air, filth. I said, no, unclean bird. 
Unclean birds and jackals and foxes are there. All kinds of nonsense is there in your heart. There is no place for the Son of God to lay his head. What will you come and follow me? So, but look, look at, he looks at him and says, where do you live, Rabbi? And you know what God says? Come and see. And it says that night they dwelled with, they dwelled with him that night. They stayed with Jesus. They saw where he lived and they said, you know what? Next day Andrew goes to Peter and he says, Eureka! You know that word Eureka? Who said, who said that first? We know in science experiment. Archimedes, Eureka! I found it. You know, that's exactly what Andrew said. Eureka! I found the Messiah whom Moses and the prophets have prophesied. He stayed with Jesus one day. And he said, you know what? This should be my habitation. I want to live with him. Wherever he goes, I will go. His God, my God. His people, my people. Where he dies, I will die. Where he is buried, I will be buried. So where do you live today? What is your habitation? <laughs> How do I know that I am in the habitation that God is has provided? For a believer, there is only one habitation. Ephesians chapter 2, the verse that we looked at. In whom? Who is that in? In Christ. That is the reason why it says in Ephesians chapter 1, He has blessed us with every spiritual gift in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus, he has chosen us in Christ before the foundations of the world. In him, verse 7, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. In him we have redemption for our sins, the for, redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. Colossians chapter 1 verses 13 and 18. God has transported us from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption, redemption the forgiveness of sins. If any man is... In Christ he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. So if for a believer, where is our habitation? In Christ. So the point is, how do I know whether I am in Christ or outside Christ? How do I know it? Is a question that I want to look at. So in other words, am I a dwelling place for God, a habitation for God or a habitation of? Or jackals and demons and Every unclean bird and fowling, whatever caged. No, today this morning, I believe, No, you shall know the truth and truth shall set you free. You know, our our, our business as pastors, if, I, if you want to call it business, I think I, it's business because for me, I have treasures in heaven. Okay, I want to be a good businessman. May not be very good and smart in business on earth because the, the sons of this age are wiser than the sons of, of God, of the kingdom. They are wiser, but I want to be wiser too. So this morning, I want to ask you, where do you live? What is your habitation? In whom the whole building grows, is being fitted together. Grows into a holy temple in the Lord. You see that word again, in the Lord? In whom we are being built together for an habitation of God. In the spirit. You see that? In whom? In Christ. In the spirit, we are being built up for a habitation for God to dwell. That's exactly what he tells in Romans, I mean, John's Gospel chapter 15. If you love my words, I, uh, as I am in God, you will be in me, I will be in you, and me and my father will come, and we will make our abode in you. Kya baat hai? I mean, it's like, you know, the experience that uh, Abram had when he invited the three angels, that is the same experience you and I can have in the spirit. What Abraham had physically, you can, you and I can enjoy in the spirit. The abode of God. 
The question is, do we want to be aboard of God? In whom? The first, how do I know first thing? Romans chapter 8. There is therefore no now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. First thing, there is no condemnation. Everybody say, no condemnation. No condemnation. Only conviction. Ah, very good. No condemnation. Only conviction. Conviction. Absolutely. Keep saying that. No condemnation for me in Christ. You see, lot of people walk with guilt. I think that is what happened to that guy who was a paralytic, no? He never wanted to come to church. Are, I don't want to come to church, Ra. Please, Ra. I can't see God's face, Ra. I can't see. I can't see God's face. And four friends said, you are coming to church with me. Come on. And they took him. They broke the roof and put him down. Jesus looks at everybody's heart. He knew the heart cry of this fallen. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. Kya baat hai? Hallelujah. What a statement. And for, I mean, he didn't, I, I don't think he would have minded staying a paralytic for the rest of life if that assurance was given for him. That's it. Remember that lady who wrote that song, Blessed Assurance, was tied to her bed. Practically important. But she had an assurance. And she had a ministry in her bed. And she delivered so many people with her songs. Therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. The question therefore is, from the scriptures, I want to look at several, I can look at several places, uh, places in the scripture. From scripture, how do I know that I'm a habitation for of God and I'm in Christ? How do I know? I'm going to look at some scripture, maybe one one, one part of scripture, uh, in order to understand this principle. This is called triple three principle. What is that? Uh, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 33. Okay. Very, very simple. Hmm? Look at what it says. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the righteous. Adi. How do I know that I'm a habitation of God? I'm dwelling in Christ if I'm having the word of God. Ah, the blessing of God. If you want to know the definition of blessing, the first time the word blessing is used in the entire Bible, where is it used? Genesis chapter 1. He blessed them. What did he say? Be fruitful, multiply, spread, subdue, and have dominion. Four things. Fill. He says, he says, fill, fill. Okay. He says, be fruitful, multiply, fill, Subdue, have dominion. That is blessing. You and I, if you have really enjoyed the blessing of God, we will be what? First, what? Fruitful. What will we be having? Fruit. Okay. And Jesus always look like looks like green trees. Whenever he sees something green, he wants to come there. Is there fruit or no? That is the reason why he looks at Nathaniel. He says, before... Behold an Israelite in whom there is no guile. Bah! You see, your testimony is very important. Your testimony about yourself is also very important. And the most important thing is God's testimony about you. You know, your testimony about yourself is also important. Like like uh, 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 Elijah said, Lord, I am the only one. That was his testimony. You know what it says about Samuel from Dan to Beersheba, everybody knew him. That was his testimony. His testimony is spreading left, right and center. From Dan to Beersheba. Kya baat hai? 
from the north to south. That is how David counted his troops from where to where? From Dan to Beersheba. <laughs> and he got into trouble. See? Dan to Beersheba, everybody knew him. See, that your testimony is very important. This your testimony is so important. And it says, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the, what? The spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy. So blessing, are you fruitful? Second, are you multiplying? What does multiplying mean? Let, let grace and truth be multiplied. That should be multiplied. Not multiplying means having children left out and center. That is not multiplication. That is multiplication. That is physical multiplication for us. It is not that. Let grace and truth. And it says, spread. Then it says, fill. What should you do? Fill means what? Spread means your testimony has to spread. What should you fill? You should fill the church with God's people, new souls. I mean, that is my burden, fresh burden. These days I'm praying, Lord, by the end of this year, somebody would be touched. I'm not sure through the internet, maybe several people are touched, but I want to see with my eyes, Lord. Somebody is touched. Can you? Fruitful, multiple, fill, and then have what? Dominion. Dominion means after done, have after having all done all this, I should not have any problems in my in my flesh, which will make me a slave. I want to beat my body to subjection. I want to tell my flesh, Baba, I am the boss and not you. That is the reason why we do what what we call as fasting. Adi, see, you know, fasting should be a regular life. And how many of you below the age of forty here? Below the age of 40, raise your hands without shame. How many of you actually fasted for 21 days in your life? Don't have to... 21 days. 7 days. 40 days. But does it even cross your mind? This year I have to do 21 day fast. It's okay. So much of vairagyam is not important, Baba. Everybody is laughing. Huh? You see? See, there is a blessing. So the question is, the blessing of the Lord is on the habitation of the righteous, but the curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked. So if I want to know whether I am in the habitation where I am being, I mean, I'm made for in the, in the spirit as a new creation, as if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away. Everything has become new. And if I have to continue to grow in the new environment that has God has, has, has provided me, one of the things that I should always keep checking is their God's blessing over my life. First, first blessing, if you see, of, of, of Abraham is what? Come out from your Relatives, from your father's home, and go to the land, I will show, then I will bless you. Ah, you see? See, if you read the Bible, the blessing is only for the obedient. Okay? You cannot, can I get, get away from, get in a loophole in the law, is there a loophole in the law, can I just circumvent obedience, even the Holy Spirit is given to those who, Acts chapter 5 verse 32. Cursed is a man who hangs on a tree. But Christ Jesus became a curse for us so that we might receive the blessing of Abraham which is nothing but what? The spirit of God. If you want to get the spirit of God over your life, what should you have? The spirit of obedience actually. 
Holy Spirit is given, given only to those who obey. You can't circumvent that. Blessings always, always promise to those who obey and curses for. You see that? You see, there's no way to circumvent. He says, the blessing of the Lord is upon the house of the wicked. So, who are the wicked? Why are they cursed? Question number one. Why is the habitation of the righteous blessed? Question number two. This is my two, two questions which I try to answer. The whole message is over. Hopefully in the next one hour. With all the introduction that I have given you. So let us see this particular word curse. Where it apply, where it, where it, where it appears in the Bible and how it shows this dry place concept coming very closely alongside of it. Okay. Any ideas? Anybody? The dry place, curse, blessing. These three things have to come. And water. Blessing means water. Water means Holy Spirit, right? Okay, let's see. Jeremiah chapter 17. Let's read. Verses 5 onwards. For thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man, the same word curse, the curse of the Lord is upon the house of the wicked. So who is the wicked? Okay. Wicked is not necessarily the person who is going murdering people. No. Okay, that way we will not qualify. We have to, everybody is laughing, no? I have to somehow make you qualify. I have to, somehow, I have to convince you that we are what? Ah, wicked. It's like, you know, in JE marks, the cutoff has, has to be reduced in order to make so, so many people qualify. Okay, that's what happened in MSET also. So many engineering college seats, not many people who are qualified. So what did they do, have to do? They bring down the cutoff level. So I'm going to do something today, bringing down cutoff level or raising the bar in order to qualify all of us as wicked. Okay. <laughs> Amazing, no? I, 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 there was a book by Derek Prince, Seven, Sp- uh, Seven Steps from Blessing to, from Curse to Blessing. I'm going to show you three steps from blessing to curse. Okay. In a negative way, so that by highlighting the negative, we can understand the positive. Okay, let's read. Cursed is a man who trusts in man, who makes flesh his strength or arm, who relies on the arm of flesh, is what KJ will use, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert. You know the word shrub means naked, destitute. It's only used twice in the entire, in the entire Old Testament. It essentially means absolutely devoid of any help. Now think about a have you ever seen a tree in a desert? No. I mean, you may, might have seen a tree in a desert. Have you seen a shrub? Shrub means, it's going to die any moment. Okay, shrub in the desert, it shall not see when what comes? Good comes, but shall inhabit the what places? What does parched place mean? Dry places. In the wilderness, in a salt land, which is totally uninhabited. Okay, if you want to destroy your crop, fill it with salt, except coconuts, right? Huh? Cold coconut, only Keralan. Okay, only in Kerala where you can grow some coconuts, you can put the salt, but every other place, if you want to destroy the fruit, salt the land. And then again, the positive, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spread out its root by the river, who will not fear when heat comes, or his leaf will be green, and not be anxious in the year of drought, not will, nor will cease from yielding what? Fruit. Just the opposite. So who is this cursed man? First, who trusts in man, whose strength is flesh, whose heart, three steps, 
in order to be cursed, you should just only trust in man. Your strength is your flesh and your heart is departing from the Lord. We will come to these three things today. Trusting in man, strength is in flesh, heart has departed from the Lord. So let us look at the first point. Trust in man. You know, there's 143. 143? Everybody knows, all young people know what 143 is. 143. It's called Psalm 143 principle. Hmm? Psalm 143. Look at what it says in Psalm 143. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. Okay? Don't trust in man. That means man cannot give you salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Why am I putting this trust in this man? How does he look like? Prince. Okay? Who is this man? He looks like a prince. Strong man. Handsome man. Educated man. Qualified man. Eligible man. Eligible bachelor. Knight in shining armor. Damsel in distress. Oh, that's that book by P.G. Woodhouse is my favorite. Damsel in distress and the knight in, knight in shining armor. I'm telling you honestly, there is no knight in shining armor available for you. His breath is where? In his nose. Gone. In other words, if you put your trust in any man for your salvation, you know what it means? You're saying, that man completes me. He is my righteousness. He is my salvation. He is my sanctification. He is my redemption. He is my wisdom. Why did I say that? Because 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 will say, because of him you are in Christ Jesus, whom God has made him wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. Four things. And when you look at man, you'll say, but this guy, that's exactly what Jacob with all his emptiness, he looked at Leah, sorry, Rachel. And he fell in love. And he worked for her for how many years? And it seemed like what? That is how people destroy their lives. All love stories are like that only, you know? Seven years only. But that ended up with 14 years and 20 years of his life he wasted for a woman who was not from God. A queen. And who is this woman? A person who will not even leave her household gods who brought her God and her Daridram along with, with her into your house. All the trash and the baggage along with her. My goodness, you need to be really careful, my dear brothers and sisters. First question is, for all the men, I say, be boas. Don't search. Let God send. I like that. How does God send? <laughs> She's leaving here. What a miracle. I'm not even searching. And you know what he does? Immediately he says, okay, okay, wait. I understand the, 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 the message over here with all you doing this, but wait, there are other young people 
Let me see if there is another better person for you. You know what? That is the kind of person you should look for. Another person. And you know what she says? I don't want any other person. I don't want any other young man. I want only you. Only you. I'm telling you honestly, many churches, so many Boazes have lost their roots because they were looking with the eyes of Jacob. And many roots have lost their Joabs. So Boazes, I don't know with what eyes they were looking. Prince Salvation? Look at one lady. She thought her knight in shining armor every night disappointed her. John's Gospel chapter 4. Woman said, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst. I don't want to come. All my problems will be solved. Please give me this water. You know what Jesus said? Go call your husband. She said, I have had five husbands. And the one with you have is not your husband. In this, you spoke to me. Five, six you are living with, they are not going to satisfy you. All of them disappointed you. In fact, they destroyed your life. Trusting in man. Trusting in man. Question is, who's your, who's that man? Who's that prince in your life? Who's that princess in your life? Whom you are trusting for your salvation? It's interesting, right? Every time the people of Israel make a God in place of the old God, you know what they say? These are your gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. That's what they say. What a lie. That is the reason why Jeremiah says, my people have committed two things, two evils. First, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they have hewn for themselves broken cisterns which can hold no water. Empty. Absolutely empty. Who is your salvation today this morning? Is your job your salvation? Is the opinions of men your salvation? What people think is your salvation is a big thing. At least in Andhra is a big thing. Andhra and Telangana is a big thing. Proverbs chapter 29. A fear of man brings a what? A snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Kya baat hai? You want to be safe? Trust in the Lord. John's Gospel chapter 12. Look at what it says. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue because they wanted their connection with God and also the connection with their caste. Caste certificate. Can you imagine? Once you come into Christ, no caste, Baba. If you are an SCST, tear the document and give it to the MRO. No caste. There's no caste in Christ. It was a big thing for the MRO when I went for my marriage license. He looked at me and he said, oh, what is your caste? I said, no caste. Vijay Prakash, you talk about caste? No caste. Only one thing. I'm a Christian. I'm baptized. That's it. I don't have any caste. But I, I cannot give you any your marriage license because you don't have a caste certificate. Don't give me. I'm not going to get a caste certificate. So another pastor will say, Pastor Vijay, 
It's okay. Go to the MRO. Your forefathers might have been SCs, STs. What is it? What is the big deal? What is the big deal? Get your certificate. No cost. I waited for two years. They got it. I got it Monday. One fine day. Nothing. I didn't do one single document. False. No cost. That is the reason why Galatians chapter 2 will say, chapter 1 actually, chapter 1 verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. In other words, only bond servants here. Only bond servants here from God. If you please men, God will God speak to you? No. Those who honor me, I will honor. That is the reason why John's Gospel chapter 5 will say, How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the, not God, God only, from the only God. That means there is only one God whose opinion matters. Any other so-called God or human, demi-God, his opinion is absolutely fit for the garbage. Again, put it in a piece of paper. What is your opinion about me? Very, very intelligent. Okay. Very godly. Okay. Very nice husband. Okay. Very nice father. Doesn't matter. Isn't it interesting that every time it's amazing, right? Always the testimony of God excites me. Ezekiel, today I'm going to take away the delight of your eyes. I know you're a fantastic husband. God has to give the testimony that you're a great husband, not a man. Who knows? You do you know? Very good marriage. Do you know? You are such a loving family. Loving husband, loving wife. What? That is the reason, you know what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, first of all, I don't want your opinion. I don't want my opinion also for about myself. That's what he says. Even my opinion, if I don't have a clear, I, I do have a clear conscience with man. I do have a clear conscience with God. It does not mean that, that I'm still justified. I don't, I will not say, Shabash Paul. No, I will not say. I will not judge anything before time. And one day everything will come out. That day we shall all wait. Dud ka dud, pani ka pani. Which is gold, which is silver, which is bronze, and which is hay, stubble. That day will burn. Show and reveal. How do you know? You see, this is so important. I am saying, lot of people are caged because of the opinions of men. What will people think? What will people say? What will people say if I uh, if I preach the gospel? I can't argue with them. And let me tell you something. So, how many teenagers over here who have parents, who had parents? How many times you argued your, argued with your father and mother? Come on, be honest in the house of God. Many times, and who won? You won the argument with your father and mother, and your father and mother said, Abba, I can't argue with you, and you do not have the guts to argue with another fellow about the gospel. What nonsense is that? Oh, I don't know. You know why? Their opinion matters to you. Have you seen children? Daddy, daddy, you don't need this now. Daddy, but you know, this has got this, it has got that. He will convince you with all arguments, but he will have no arguments about preaching the gospel to his friend who is perishing. He has no argument for that. No argument. 
All arguments you have? You know what? God says, come, let us reason together. Do you have arguments? You know, the fun thing which I discovered in the Bible, Bible argues with you. It gives you reasons. It's very reasonable. Argument after argument after argument. I loved arguments. And if you are a lawyer, you will enjoy the Bible. Deepika. <laughs> you will enjoy. Because it argues. See, but people are caged because of public opinion. I will show you one person who was, who was caged because of public opinion. But before I go there, I want to show you one verse before I go there. Romans chapter 2. Look at what it says. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirement of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? Answer. Answer. Yes. It's a rhetorical question, okay? And will not the physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you, even with your written code and circumcision, are a transgressor, as a transgressor of the law? Answer? Yes. Okay? For he is not a Jew who is one, inwardly. Circumcision is not outward, I mean, outwardly, and not circumcision is not outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one, what? inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit not in the letter whose praise is what not from God, men but from God okay look at the, I'll, I'll show you a classic example of where you can take this principle and apply in the bible you know take principles okay it's called it's called what we call as grids okay grid in this great apply matrix you know it's a one matrix you apply across the bible you'll see pictures okay that grid will capture one picture that is how you should read the Bible. Take the grid, go through the Old, Old Testament, New Testament to see where these patterns are fulfilled. It's found in Ruth's Gospel. Ruth's Gospel. Ruth's true. It's a gospel according to Ruth only. Everything is a gospel. If you want to preach the gospel, you should be able to preach from where? From the Old Testament, not from the New Testament. Okay. Okay. Everywhere you should be able to see the gospel. Right from verse 1. Right from what? Verse 1 onwards of Genesis. You should be able to see the gospel. Otherwise you have not understood the Bible. We were looking at scriptures, right? Romans chapter 15. How should you read the scriptures? You should read the scriptures and you should get what? Encouragement, exhortation and third thing, patience and hope. What should you, what, man, most of us, we need patience. You are going through so many problems. We need what? I have, Sometimes I wonder why doctors called the dis, people who have a disease patient. In other words, they probably are telling him, you know, Baba, it's not as easy as you think to kick out the disease but the, it's easier to get it, but it's very difficult to kick it. So be patient. It's going to take a while. You know, a lot of parents will come to pastors. Pastors, I'm sending my child to you. Deliver him. Bring him back home. And it's not going to happen. You, you took 30 years to put him in bondage and you want your pastor to deliver him in one minute. Nonsense. All your life is totally one, one, like one, one tangle, no? So, oh, this connection there, that connection here, that, and you pull out one twine, another full connection is coming. We are not Jesus, unfortunately. Pastor, untangle my life, set me free, let me live my life. No, it's not gonna happen that way. Deliver my boy and give, get, get him back home. It's not gonna happen that way. Even if physically you will not happen. I mean, when you go through an operation, you have to wait for recovery period, diet, every, all kinds of natak is there. In physical healing only, it will take so much of time. What about spiritual healing? No, it should happen like this. It will happen like that, but if you continue to become dry, it will become worse. That's the problem. 
Hmm. So he's not a Jew. So let us look at this. This, this, you take this, uh, this, this, uh, uh, the principle in Romans chapter two and apply it through the Bible, and you'll see Romans chapter Ruth. In, it, it'll, it'll be applicable Ruth, Ruth's gospel ch- chapter two. Look at what it says. So Ruth, the who? Habba. The Ruth, the Moabites said to Naomi, "Please let me go to the field and glean heads of the grain after him, after him in whose sight I might find favor." And she said, "Go, my daughter." Naomi, why did you go to Moab? Famine. I went to Moab full, I came back empty. Now where is, why did you come back to Bethlehem? Because there is plenty. Ah. Now what are you doing in the house? Is there any food in your house? Empty. In other words, you are like this. Most believers are like that. In the land of plenty, she is empty. In the land of plenty, she is empty. Why? You are sitting in your house. What does the law say? First of all, the law says something very interesting. Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 19. When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless and the widow. Who is the widow here? Naomi. Who is the Jewish widow? Naomi is the Jewish widow. Who should know the law? Who is the circumcised person? She should know this. Hare, yeah. I'm in the land of, I'm, I'm in the land of plenty, but I'm still empty. But what does the law say? I can go and glean. No, what will people think about me? What will people think? It's below my dignity to go and do this menial job. No, you do not. Don't, don't you know my degrees, my qualification? Baba, if you have degrees, you will empty the church by degrees. What did I say? You still didn't get it. <laughs> you will empty the church by degrees with your degrees. Look at me, qualified. And ask me to clean the toilets. Look at me, I'm so qualified, you're asking me to clean the home. You will not humble yourself. The first thing when we came to the church, you know what happened? Pastor James used to go to that Abbott's church and used to clean the toilets. Stinking toilets. And we looked at this man of God with all the anointing, cleaning toilets. What choice do we have? And then we started cleaning toilets and it became a competition. In the church, if anybody cleans the toilet, I said, Baba, don't steal my crown. You see, the problem is, people, they don't know that in, in God's house, you're a son. You're not a slave. You're not a slave to public's opinion. Can you imagine? A, a guy who's doing his own farm. He enjoys his farming. His son is also doing it. What will people say? What is? You can hire servants left, right and center. I don't want. This is my farm. My farm, my God's house, my father's house. What does the law say? What does the law say? Go and glean. But what will people think? Oh, she has no money. Let them think, Baba. But you know what? Moabitus has no problem. 
Again, Leviticus chapter 23. When you reap the harvest in your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Not shall you shall gather the gleanings after you. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. So, does Moabite woman know this law? No! That's exactly the reason why Romans chapter 2 will say, if the uncircumcised person obeys the precepts of the law, will he not judge you who have the written code and the circumcision, but have become a transgressor of the law because of your pride and because of your public opinion and because of your status? Because of your degrees. You know what? These days I learn from every man of God. And I learn and I've realized that some of the people who are not as educated as me have got such anointing and such revelation. And now I'm like a beggar with a bowl gleaning from people who are less qualified than me. This is what I'm doing. Because when I hear the word, I say, boss, with all my intelligence, with all my degrees, I am emptying my mind with degrees, by degrees, literally. I don't know God. And these people who are not so educated as I am, they have such revelation. Blind pastors for such tremendous revelation. And I'm sitting there with my book and my, and my, and my iPad and with my iPen and writing down the, the beautiful words I'm gleaning from these men of God. Gleaning literally. Do we have that humility to glean and learn from anybody? Doesn't matter who's preaching from this pulpit. You will say, doesn't matter how young, how old, I will sit at his feet and glean. Glean. You need humility, my dear brothers and sisters. You don't need degrees. One of the first things when I go to Pastor James's office, and this is becoming a conscious decision now, He's not there, now I can say all this. Sister, so don't tell this to him, okay? Okay, if he listens, then it's okay, not a problem. But when he, when I go to his office, every day I go, we pray. When I go to his office, he's sitting on the chair over there, and I automatically take the position in the... So I, he sits in the chair like that, on a sofa, and I go and take the position on the other sofa. sofa. And he starts speaking to me, and he doesn't see me, face contact under Okay, it doesn't happen that way. So immediately, you know what I do? I just go and sit on the floor. The moment I sit on the floor, I, it happens so seamlessly, unconsciously, I start receiving counsel. And I'm trying this, you know, this is like a test every day. I, I sit on the chair, he doesn't even look at me, he looks at this, that, that, and he's speaking something, okay. And then immediately I said, no, I came here for some purpose. I came here for counsel. Immediately I'll go and sit down on the floor. Consciously. And then he looks at me. I don't know what is that thing, no? It's, I think it's a position. You have to take that position of humility. Sit down. I mean, you don't have to come and do that with me, okay? You can sit with me on the chair. <laughs> and please, don't make me conscious now, okay? <laughs> please don't do that. But, but when it comes to, when it comes to, that is what I'm saying. You have to take the position. That's the reason why I told Mary, Mary has chosen the one thing. This will not be taken from her. Sit at my feet. Sit at God's feet. And who is this Moabite's Baba? Look at what, what, what is the privilege that the Moabite has in the Jewish law. You want to know the privilege of a Moabite? Deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 3. The, no Ammonite or Moabite may enter into the assembly of God, even to the 10th generation, none of may enter come into the assembly of God. This is the Moabite. He says, Lord, I don't care. It's like that Canaanite, Canaanite woman, the dogs, 
I can't take the children's food and give it to the dogs. Lord, even the dogs eat of the crumbs. This is Ruth, the Moabitess, who doesn't care about the opinions of men, who's not ashamed to call herself a widow, who's, who fulfills the righteous requirement of the law and teaches a lesson to the circumcised. Where are we this morning, my dear brothers and sisters? Where are we? Do we have this attitude? To be, that's what Pastor Sister Elsa was praying, you know. Lord, give us a teachable spirit. A spirit which is, you know what teachable spirit means? You take a position. It's a posture. It's a posture. And don't think, don't ever think it's not a posture. It is a posture. You know, you see defiance in kids. I, I, my blood boils when I see defiance. In kids. In my college, I take them to task left, right and center. They shiver. When I was a, when I was in university. I can't tolerate that. No defiance. Humility. Humility and the fear of the Lord is what? Riches, honor and wealth. You want to become rich? Boy, have humility and fear of God. So let's come back to Psalm 143. So don't put trust in the prince. That prince could be anybody. It could be the opinions of men. And that prince could be you also. I don't care what what other people think about me. But your opinion about yourself matters a lot. Kada, I am the prince. Huh? Prince? Why? Why? Look at this. Why prince, Baba? Because you make what? Plans. Prince makes what? Plans. Whose plans are those? Whose plans, Baba? Let me show you. James chapter 4. Come now, you who say, you, all the princes over here. Today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city. Immigrate. In other words, okay, it's equivalent, I'll go to Bangalore, stay there for a year, make some money, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen to you. You know, I... It's a very funny thing, okay? It's very, very funny, you know? One of the interviews of Rafa Nadal. One interviewer was asking some stupid question. And he looked at her and he says, how can I predict the future? And he says, big Rafa Nadal, great Rafa Nadal with 19 grand slums. He himself is saying that I can't predict the future. Whereas you do not know what will happen. For what is your life? It is a, even a vapor that appears for a little time. And then what? Have you seen a vapor? I'll tell you vapor. Where do you find every day in the morning in your coffee coffee cup? No? A vapor. That is your life. Every time you look at that coffee cup now, next time, that's my life. My life. My life. My life. Just vanishing away like that. It's your life just vanishing away. How many of you wish that you were 25? And you can do your, redo your life again. Ma, if God were to give me the chance. Anyway. <laughs> Look at what Warren BSB has to say. Apart from the will of God, life is a mystery. Kya baat hai? Apart from the will of God, life is a mystery. When you know Jesus as your savior and seek to do his will, then life starts to make sense. 
Life starts to wait. What? Makes sense when you make. Even the physical world around you takes a new meaning. There is a simplicity and unity in your life that makes for poise and confidence. Have you seen men of God? They are so sure. They are not saying, I don't know what is going to happen to me in the future. No, 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 no. They are sure. I know where I am going. I know whom I believe. I have kept, run the race. I have kept the faith. I have finished what God has given me in my life. And I know there is a crown of righteousness waiting for me. And not only for me, for everybody who loves his appearing. There's a poise. You know what it says? You are no longer living in a mysterious, threatening universe. You can sing, this is my father's world. You know that hymn? This is my father's world. You can sing because you know what? You know the will of God for your life. How many of you know the will of God for your life? You know, first question, every time I go to any youth meeting now, how do I know the will of God? How can I know the will of God? How can I know? Every time, will of God, whom should I marry? Whom should I, whether should I tarry or... That is the only question. Look at what it says in one of the stanzas. This is my father's world. This is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems oft so strong. How many of you feel the wrong is so very strong? See? God is the ruler yet. This is my father's world. The battle is not done. Jesus who died shall be satisfied and earth and heaven be one. Hallelujah. Do you know the will of God for your life? Do you know the will of God? See how brief life is, no? Look at what Psalm 90 will say. Brevity of life. Thousand years is like... Do the math. Years are like the watch in the night. Abba! And means you just do one all night prayer, finished, is over. Days are swept like a flood. How Like a what? Like a flood. I mean, I, I can graphically remember this, no? Pastor James and I are driving. Okay? We, we're coming from a youth meeting and somebody sent a video of the tsunami which happened in Indonesia. Okay? In that tsunami, there was a rock band which was playing some music on the, on the, on the beach. Okay? And they were jumping. Finished. The, the flood came and they wept. And this got swept away by the, by the tsunami. That's exactly. Days are gone. Like a, flood. Have you seen tsunamis? You should see some of the videos. My God, dangerous! Like a sleep. How many sleeping beauties? I need to sleep at least 8 hours a day. Sleep, Baba! 8 hours. Otherwise, I can't function. It's gone! Grass growing up in the morning, gone by the evening. <laughs> Another place. You finish your ears like a sigh. Everybody say, <sighs> say that. Gone. Here. Finished. Over. Life. Over. That's what he's saying. <sighs> gone. Thousand years. Yesterday. Years. Watch in the night. It's like a dream. It says, Unpins. Are when did I sleep? When did I wake up? I didn't know the time. How many of you say that? I was knocked out of the park. Went to Jupiter, Mars. Came back. Oh, it's already early morning. That is life. Over. You are already on the other side of eternity. In the current spiritual condition, whatever spiritual condition you are in. Isn't that scary? Focus. Look at it. That's the reason why Psalm 90 words. So teach us to do what? Number our days so that we may gain a heart of 
wisdom. Don't teach us wisdom. <laughs> teach us to number our days. So that we will not waste our time. Don't waste your time in senseless things, my dear brothers and sisters. Take 10 days, okay? I'll give you a challenge. 10 days, don't watch internet. Don't what? Internet. No TV. No internet. Are you what about my email? Oh, CEOs of the companies. I have to check my email every five minutes. Ah, shut up, nonsense. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Our parents survive without the internet and cell phone. We can also survive. Daddy, yes? Yeah, they survived very well. No, those days, landline. Having a landline was a big thing. Then a line is going along with us. Don't, just for 10 days, young people, just shut down the internet. I'm going to shave my right hair part if you are not holier in 10 days. But my challenge is, will you? 10 days. You know what Daniel said? Test me for 10 days. Test me. In 10 days if I am not holier than I was today. That is the reason that fasting is such a fantastic exercise. How how many can pastor call you and say, can can you please fast from today onwards one meal a day at least? Amma, one meal a day? You know one man of God said, The goat eats grass and climbs the mountain. We eat the goat and climb the bed. That's what we are. We are all lions, Baba. Have you seen a lion after it eats that high protein diet? 19 hours sleep. Oh, I have to digest it. It's called Nidra Avastha. Nidra means sleep and Avastha means pain. How can be, how can sleep be pain? Because you are having Nidra and your body is in pain because it's digesting the food. That is the reason it's called Nidra Avastha. How we eat food? Ma, as if there is no tomorrow. In some places they only eat pieces, mutton pieces. One man of God was like, you know, I saw a pastor, he says, he says, that pastor, he says, I don't want rice, I only want curry. Chicken curry. At the end, I will use rice. See? It's remarkable. Our affinity with food. Ma! You know, that is the reason why, you know what? That Shunammite woman, every time this man of God called Elisha is passing by her home. He has not even done a single miracle, not even taken a single Bible study, not even given a single prophecy, just went to her home and ate food. And by looking at the way she ate, he ate food, she perceived that she was a man of God. He's a man of God. Now, can, can, I, can we ask ourselves this question? By the way we eat food, can people say, this is a man of God? This is a man of God. Look at the way he eats food. With all the sounds. Oh my goodness. Think about that my dear brothers and sisters. Days. Don't waste time. Ten days give yourself to God. Challenge this year. All the young people who want some some strength in your spine. Today I challenge you in the name of Jesus. Give yourself ten days. If, if the same God is a God of Daniel. He is my God too. And if I give up. 
trash on the internet, trash on the television, trash stupid books and I spend time in this word and in prayer. If you are not spending reading the word of God for one hour a day, I doubt if you are a believer. I doubt it. Doubt it. I'm telling you honestly, I will ask you this question, are you saved? Oh, you can, you can survive without reading the word. Oh, we should read the Bible, ah, huh? Abba. It's a big exercise for many of you. Hmm. You have reading plans on all plans and you never read the Bible. With all the plans. Postpone, postpone, postpone. We'll get the cycle later on. But your brothers and sisters, teach us to number our days, God says. What is the will of God? Do you know the will of God? Instead, we ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance or your pretensions. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows what to do and does not do it, it is what? You know the will of God. It is not that you don't know the will of God. You want your plan, not God's plan. Why? God's plan is dangerous. Some, you know, one man, <laughs> one man of God, you know, one teen, he asked his, he asked his teenager, why are you so scared of giving your life to Jesus? Oh, I'm so scared for giving my life for, of giving my life to Jesus because he might send me to dangerous places. You know, that man of God looked at him and he said, Baba, you're already in a dangerous place. You want to go to a safe place? Give your life to Jesus. Oh, I will be sent to Africa. Don't worry. There are better people than you to be sent to Africa. The will of God is safest. Psalm 33 verse 10 and 11. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans to all generations. Do you know the plan of God for your life, my dear brothers and sisters? No, we don't know the plan of God. Let me tell you. In the Bible, from the Bible, how do you, whether, how to know the plan of God, okay? How many of you want to know the will of God for your life? Okay, very, 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 very nice. First way, first will of God, where it is, directly it says, this is the will of God. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the, in everything give thanks. How many of you give thanks in everything? Uh, one man of God, no? He had two daughters. Both of them gave the 10th class exam. One daughter failed, another daughter passed with distinction. So he gave both of them 500 rupees or 1000 rupees and asked them to give a thanks offering in the pulpit on the, on the Sunday morning service. And one daughter said, Papa, I failed. Scripture says, in all things give thanks. Give the offering to God. Thank him for failing. Abba! To give to God itself when everything is going right only is a big thing. I mean, think about it. Now we read all the Spurgeon uh, uh, devotions that pastor sends. And some of you say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Yesterday, nobody said Amen. I was looking. If you have read, it is about Ah! It is about giving. Nobody will say amen to that. You know, all pastors also are like that. Every time they have a problem, they will say, this is the need, this is the need. When they get the money, they will not say, we got the money. See? Dangerous. What is the will of God? In everything, give thanks. 
Can you say thanks? Wow, it's very difficult. Job, no, nobody, nobody will face the trials and tribulations that he has gone through. The worst case scenario can give thanks. You and I also can say. So let me say, make you say thanks after this verse. Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell on the ground and worshipped. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked shall I return. The Lord gave. The Lord took away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, he did not sin nor charge God wrongfully. Everybody say thanks to God. Lord Jesus, thank you. Say that. Lord Jesus. Say that. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I thank you. For all my situations. For all my trials. For all my circumstances. I want to give you thanks. This is your will. Amen. The will of God. To give thanks. Another will of God. Okay, you want to, everybody wants to know the will of God, the will of God, the will of God. Now, what is the will of God for my life? To give thanks. Second will of God. This is the will of God, your sanctification. That's what I said for 10 days. Take the challenge. What is sanctification means? We, we sang that song brother in the morning. Holiness. Like Toza says, right? The children of God, they don't speak lies, they sing lies. All to Jesus I... Sir, what a lie from the... I don't know from where. I don't know how many people can actually sing that song or pray that song. How many after singing that song and fall flat on their face before God and say, take my life, Lord, take my life, take my life, take my life. We love God. Is your, is your, sanctification is to be set apart from where? To abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you should, what? Know! You should know your own weaknesses. You should know your own weaknesses. Therefore, you should know the way to possess your own body in holiness. This is what? The will of God. Your sanctification. When you do this, God will tell you, whom to marry, whom not to marry, which job to take, which whether to do full-time ministry or do half-time ministry or part-time ministry, I don't know. First do this. This is the will of God. And another place, the will of God. First, first Peter chapter 2. Therefore submit <laughs> yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to the governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who are good. For what? This is the will of God that by doing good you might silence the ignorance of foolish men. This is the will of God. You know why many people are weak? The first question that I asked when I went to Gideon's, no? First thing I asked them is, is ministry punishment or nourishment? Look at what it says in John's Gospel chapter 4. In the meantime, verse 31 onwards, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. No, Jesus is Jesus. He will not eat. He never used his powers to fill his own belly. But he said, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought anything to eat? He said, Jesus said, my food is to... Ah, I'll tell you why many of us are not strong in the spirit. is because, you know what, we don't give thanks. Because that is the will of God. You know, sometimes I just call Sister Elsa and I say, thank you, Sister Elsa. And she says, why? Just in case. Pardon to the sorry. Oh, thank you. Just in case. Thank. 
I'll come to the doing part. But say thanks. Big deal, no? Go and tell your parents thanks. Thanks. Honor them. You know why you don't? You're not strong when you don't have us. You don't come with what? Walking and limping and praising God. Do we come? Silver and gold are none, but such as I have given thee in the name of Jesus Christ, rise upon what? Walking and limping. No, dragging and sulking and you should see the way people drag their feet to the church and the way they sing. My God is awesome. I think these believers, when they go to heaven, there will be 30 minutes silence in heaven. 30 minutes. Oh, silence. Heavenly 30 minutes is very, very big macha. Okay, 30 minutes in heaven, it's a lot of time. My food, are you weak? You might be weak because you are not living a holy life. You are not set apart. You are watching trash on the internet on, Sunday, on Saturday night and coming to Sunday on, on Sunday morning to church and sleeping. No wonder you are sleeping. You don't prepare yourself. There is no Siddha Patu in Telugu. Preparation. You see, it's, an, it's very interesting, right? One man of God gave a fantastic illustration of this. He says, Manna had to be gathered for five days. If you gathered for the next day on these five days, it would... Stink. But on the sixth day, you should gather how much? Double. And the double food that you gather will not stink. Why? You are gathering for the seventh day. It is for what? Preparation. You are preparing yourself for the seventh day. And you know what he said? Six days of man is over. And on the sixth day, when we read the word of God, we have to gather double because we have to prepare ourselves for the seventh day for the bride to come. For the bridegroom to come. So they will be married to him. Double reading the word of God. Double sanctification. Double separation. If Daniel can go for 10 days without eating, you should go for how many days? Amma. Practical things we will not do. That's preparation. Otherwise, no strength. Numbers chapter 4. Why are we not able to? We don't see overcoming as food. When we overcome, we'll become weak. That's what we think. Look at what it says in Numbers chapter 14. Look at what it says. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our... You know what it says? Actually, in the original, original translation, translation, they are food for our consumption. Food for our consumption. That is the reason why many of them only thought about bread, meat. They all thought about only food. Meat. Especially mamsahari. Non-vegetarian only. I mean, for one, some reason, non-vegetarian, I'm not saying I'm not against, I'm not against non-vegetarian. Please don't misunderstand. But it's not biblical actually. I don't know. I mean, it was, it's allowed by God. It's okay. You want non-vegetarian, take it. It's not sin. Take it. I don't want to make a doctrine out of it, but just leave it there. No? My own personal convictions because I am a sambar lover. So I like that. Psalm 10615. And he gave them their request. Sent leanness. You know. So, this is what it says. Why? Because your trust is in what? Man. You are trusting in your own plans. You are trusting in everything. You is the center. You are the prince. Your plans are important. Not the will of God. 
First is trust is in man. Second is what? Flesh is his strength. Look at what it says in Isaiah. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses, who trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are very strong, but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord, yet he also is wise and will bring disaster and will not call back his words, but will rise against the house of the evildoers and against the help of those who work iniquity. Now the Egyptians are what? Men and not God. They don't trust in man. I said first part. And their horses are flesh and not spirit. In other words, you are using your own strength to fulfill the purposes of God. Own strength. You cannot. You cannot fulfill the purposes of God in your own strength. Galatians chapter 3 verse uh, 3 onwards. Oh you foolish. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect What by the what? By the flesh. Can you finish God's work when you started in the spirit in the flesh? Impossible. Impossible. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. For we are the circumcision, who worship God in the, and who rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in them. I'll tell you what this word worship means. How do I know that I'm walking in the flesh and not in the spirit? Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. Worship, the word worship. Worship has two words in the Greek. One is what we call as proskeneo. And the other is what we call latria. Proskeneo means to fall prostrate before God. Okay? Latria means to live a life to serve God. What is that? Proskeneo means to fly prostrate before God. Latria means to live a life to serve God. Now tell me which word is being used over here. Proskeneo or latria? Latria. Who worship God through their life and who have no confidence in the flesh. I'll tell you what, did, what, the, what, the, what the difference is, okay? I was studying in the university. First year course, 150 students in the class only. Okay? If you have 20 students, it's a big headache. 150 students is a mess of the first order. Unless and until you are strong in your subject and you have the, you have that command over the subject, you cannot handle 150. So first year when I was, when I was appointed as the faculty, I did not take the course, my director took the course and he was a top, no? So every time when you, all the first years they have this habit. What do they do? The moment the, the professor enters the class, everybody stands up. Okay. Good morning sir, good morning sir, good morning sir, good morning sir. That is what we call proskeneo. Okay. What is it called? Proskeneo. That means, you know what proskeneo means? Kiss, bow down and kiss. Okay. Take his hand and kiss. You see that? That is in respect. You bow down and take the, take his hand. Kiss the sun. You know? Psalm 2. Kiss the sun. That is proskeneo. You're worshipping him. You're honoring him. And the semester was getting, you know, through the, through the semester and the marks were coming. Professor is coming to the class. First semester is over. First assignment is over. And, uh, sunna arasunna visarga. A marks of many people. And they all, the professor entered the class, everybody standing. Good morning sir, good morning sir. He went to the dais and he said, you don't have to show me respect by standing. 
show me respect by learning the subject. Don't have to become Atevinayam Durtalakshanam. Okay. Don't have to. So it's like, you know, what, what Proskino is, what is, it's like you coming to church on Sunday morning and you're proskinoing in some ways, spiritually you're, you're, you're doing the, like this and you're kissing the hand of Jesus. Now after the Sunday service is over, Jesus is gone. You don't continue to be like this. Are you? Now you go out and live a life which will demand from you a life of worship. That is what he's calling here. Who worship God in the spirit and who have no confidence in the flesh. So in order to do that, what should I do? How should I be a person who is not worshipping in the flesh but in the spirit? Meaning, I am living a life in the spirit and not in the flesh. How do I know it? How do I know it for myself? You know what it says in Romans chapter 12. You know this verse very well. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable worship, latria. You see? What should you do? Every day in the morning, you should get up, read your Bible, pray, worship, start your day. If you do not seek the word, face of God, that day I'm going to tell you in Jesus name, you will have only failure, no success. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So first thing, trust in man. Second thing, what's his strength? Flesh is strength. So in order to not have flesh is strength, what should you do? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know what is the good, acceptable and the perfect will. Study the word of God. Meditate upon the word of God. His delight is in the law of God. And in his law doth he what? Meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that shall bring forth its fruit in its season. Finally, heart departs from God. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12. Beware brothers, lest there be in any one of you an evil heart of what? Of unbelief that you depart from God. Unbelief. You see, you don't depart from religion. You come, to, you come to church on Sunday morning. You don't even depart from God. You depart from the living God. You don't have his voice. You don't hear his voice anymore. He's not speaking to you fresh. There's no fresh revelation. There's no fresh understanding. There's no fresh enthusiasm. There's no freshness in your life. You see, what is the difference between a water in a lake and a water in a well? Water in a well, continuously coming from the spring. It's springs of living waters. It's fresh all the time. But water in a lake, stagnant. It stinks after a while. That is the reason why Hussein Bagger stinks. It's a lake. And it's a very slow process. It says, in, it's actually Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6. Uh, sorry, uh, Hebrews chapter 2 verse uh, 1. It says, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest we drift away. Slowly, it happens slow. One day, slowly, it goes away. And then the most dangerous thing, for a believer, and the most, what do you say, tragic thing for a believer, is this, 
Judges chapter 16 verse 20. Then she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he woke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before, at, as at other times, and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord... You know, that's the dangerous and the most saddest part for the believer is to know, not to realize that the Lord has gone from you. Everything is normal. You're coming to church, you're playing, you're worshipping, but nothing new is happening and you don't even know that the presence of God has departed from you. And if the presence of God has departed, who has come? You've become a dry place. So what is the solution for this problem? How do I become a tree planted by the rivers of water? How? What is the solution so that I can bear fruit and not be under a curse? Be in the presence of the Lord. How? Psalm 133. Read from verse 1 onwards. This is what pastor was talking about last Sunday. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell in unity. It is like precious oil in the head of uh, on the on the head running down from the beard on the beard of Aaron running down on the collars of his robes it is like the dew of mount hermon which falls on the mountains of zion for there the lord has commanded blessing even for what life evermore everlasting life is where is in the company of believers under the anointing of the holy spirit and the anointed teaching, anointed revelation, anointed men of God who are striving in the word of God and trying to feed their, feed their congregation with the word so that they can grow. So that they will not be cursed. But you will say, brother, so many believers stink. I'll tell you something. Noah's ark stank. With all the animals it stank. But the stink in the stench in the ark is better than the stench. Outside, which stench do you want? The choice is that. It's not that there will not be any stench. There will be a lot of stench, but which one? Even if this is worse, I will be inside. Because there, there is blessing. There is protection. There is sanctification. There is teaching. There is anointing. There is protection. That is the reason why it says, because you have made the Lord your God, your habitation, no evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague, what? Come near your dwelling. He shall give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon. You shall trample under your feet because you have made the Lord your what? Habitation or dwelling in the presence where God's spirit is and you're protected. And I can, I'll just stop with this incredible illustration a man of God gave, just stunning. I just keeps ringing in my mind. Two fig trees. Two fig trees. One fig tree, Jesus looks there, looks green. Right? Looks very green. And he goes close and he looks for what? Does he find it? No. You know what he says? Let nobody eat from this tree anymore. And he curses it. And the very day by evening time from the roots to its head, it's completely dry. That's its actual state. It looks outwardly very green, but that's the actual condition. Another fig tree. What is this fig tree? Fig tree where there's a gardener. He put a fence. He tilled the ground. 
He put the fertilizer. After three years, who came? Master came. What is he looking? Fruit. And that man says, no fruit. Cut it out. What does the master say? Or what does the, what does the farmer say? Lord, master, give it one more year. I will fertilize it. I will do whatever it takes. Maybe it will bear fruit in the fourth year. You know what it means? That man of God said, if you want to really give yourself chances to bear fruit, stay under the protection and the anointing of the church, which will protect you. And then in the fourth year, you may bear fruit. You may bear fruit. Find yourself a church. Find yourself a place where you will grow, where you are, where you are under protection, where the men and men of God in the leadership have put fences around you to protect you. And you will say, how conservative, but that very protection will cause fruit in your life, will protect you from the wrath of God, from the curse of God. Where do you want to dwell? Where do you live this morning? Ask yourself this question and say, Lord, there's no condemnation. There's only conviction. I want to bear fruit. This is your will, God, that I should bear. It is my father's will. I said. He said, this is my father's will that you should bear much fruit. And your fruit should abound. Every branch in me that bears fruit, I will prune it more so that it will bear more fruit. Kya baat hai? That's God's will. Because in this, my God is glorified. In this, my God is glorified. So where do you live this morning? Where is your habitation? Trusting in men? Moving in the flesh? Has your heart departed from God? How is your devotion life? How is it? Really? How do you do you enjoy the time with the Lord these days? Or is it a dull drag exercise? Maybe you have to go on your knees before God. And if you are a young man or a woman, fast and pray and seek the face of God and say, Lord, speak to me. There is dryness in my life. Speak to me. Speak to me. Deny yourself for 10 days. Amen. Can we all stand in the presence of God this morning? Yes, Abel, can you just lead us in that song? Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Abel. And all the worship team. Sing that song. Holiness, holiness is what I long for. For a few minutes, just take a few minutes in the presence of the Lord this morning. Lord, say, Lord, Lord, I just want this life. I want freshness. I'm dry. Lord, I want to do whatever it takes to come back to you. I want a freshness. I want a filling of the Holy Spirit. I want to have a fresh revelation of the Word of God. I want a fresh anointing. I want a fresh, fresh revelation. Holiness, holiness, what I What you want
faithfulness. 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 What I long for. Faithfulness. What I need. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. What you want. God's word says in Hebrews chapter 12 Those whom I love I discipline just like a father the son in whom he delights and no chastening seems joyful for the moment but if you persevere in it it will yield the fruit of righteousness the peaceable fruit of righteousness. That is the reason why God gives us shepherds after his own heart who put fences, who work hard in the world, who dig, who fertilize, who pour water. And discipline. And this morning, if you say, Lord, I'm in a salt land, Lord. There's no fruit in my life. There's no fruit of holiness. There's no fruit of righteousness. There's no, not even fruit of repentance. But Lord, I come to you. Because you said in your word that you will grant me repentance. Father, grant me repentance this morning. Change my mind. You said in your word, Father, that you will take away the heart of stone and you will give us the heart of flesh. That you will write your laws on the heart of flesh by your spirit and on on our minds that you will cause us to walk in your ways. That you will transform us by the water of your word. And conform us to your will. And this morning I come to you Lord. I come to you this morning. Just come to God this morning in your own ways. In your own way and say Lord. let Coming to the end of 2019 Lord. I want to enter afresh into the next year. If you tarry to come and if you choose to give us another year. With fresh anointing. With fresh hope fresh fruit in my life take my heart take my mind take my life Father this morning I pray Father for all of us I believe that Lord you have challenged us with your word 
Father, let your word continue to burn in our hearts. Because you're not looking for big heads, Lord. But you're looking for burning hearts. Let not the enemy come and steal the seed which is sown into our hearts. Let it bring forth a harvest, even a hundredfold. Like Isaac, who sowed in famine. Because because of his roots deep down inside of you by the river of the Holy Spirit. Even during the time of famine, there was freshness in his life. And there was a harvest, even a hundredfold. Father, we want that, Lord. And you said in your word, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, you said, Lord, it is you who give us the power to earn wealth, to be fruitful. The power to witness. The power to bear fruit. Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit afresh. And continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit through the week. Thank you, Father. Commit every one of us into your hands. Plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. Challenge us. Continue to challenge us and do your work inside of our hearts. Enable us to bring forth a harvest of righteousness. Thank you, Lord. Commit each one of us. We give our hearts to you once again. Our minds. So that you will conform our will to yours. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each and every one of us. Through this day. Through this week. In Jesus' name. Amen.